it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of the Above the Ring operation, it is Scott. Scott, how are we doing today? Oh, Sam, double nothing is tonight. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for this show. I cannot wait for how the hype for the show is incredible right now, Scott. I just... I'm so excited for this. I don't think I and maybe part of the reason is it's kind of like mania where the crowd came back and it was exciting. But I think there's a lot more than just the crowd returning about the show. That's super exciting. Yeah. Like I was get, like the crowd last night when they first appeared on Dynamite was incredible. Oh. I was just like chills down my spine. But before we get into that. Guys, if you haven't already done so, please make sure you listen to Scott's SmackDown study, Raw Review, our Above the Ring, which was eh, about the same. I forgot what we ranted about. Probably Slammiversary again because we're getting excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, please check those out. Um, and as always, you know, listen to us, subscribe, comment, review, et cetera, et cetera. Before we get into anything, before we get into anything, so I found out Anthony Agogo, who's wrestling Cody, is actually has an injury. And he said he's still wrestling on Sunday. He has a broken rib. It's insane. Uh, it kind of. You gonna say it? For, uh, you gonna me, say it? Uh, say it. <laughs> no, I won't say it. <laughs> but ah, uh, man. That actually kind of makes me want to rethink my my pick now. But we'll get into that once we get into that. We still got to cover Dynamite first. We Well, I just want to share that information with everyone. The fact that he said he's still wrestling. He was like, yeah, I did it while I was – I guess he was training or something like that. He did something wrong, and he fucked up his rib. He goes, I, he goes I'm not just saying that. He goes, I actually fucked my rib up. He goes, but I still plan on wrestling on Sunday. Like all Olympic, Olympic athletes do. Yeah, you know. I mean, at least it's not his neck, so. No, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> a broken freaking rib really doesn't sound as as impressive, though. <laughs> no, it does not. Okay, we're gonna hop right into uh, our uh, dynamite coverage from this Friday. That's right, dynamite was on Friday this week. Also, heads up, dynamite's gonna be on Friday next week. Do the NBA playoffs, and I don't know if the NHL has anything to do with that. Probably they'll be next year. Um. With the NBA playoffs, we will be back on Friday, which is fine. I don't mind. It means I got no plans on Fridays. It means I can sit home, 
clean my house, and eat 30 freezer pops like the adult I am. There you go. <laughs> so, kicking off Dynamite, I know Scott was a little behind because he was recording the SmackDown study, but holy shit, I got so excited when you got the first camera pan and you noticed those aren't wrestlers. That's a crowd. And that looked like a loaded crowd. You can see spots here and there, but there was a loaded crowd that was lively. <sighs> Holy shit. Yeah, that was, oh, man. Uh, of course, my DVR decided that since it wasn't, you know, Thursday, it, it wasn't Wednesday, that it's like, I'm not going to record. And I, and I had just noticed that because I was just getting ready to go into my SmackDown Sun recording. And then I look up and I'm like, why isn't there a little record button going? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Quickly have to scramble record. So I missed the first, like, five minutes of the show. So I missed all that all that stuff. But the moment I got in, damn, just hearing that crowd again, it just – it made the night just – it's already up here. Brought it up. Oh, man. But that was the thing. So, like, people forget about – how important crowds are. Obviously, we see with WWE when WrestleMania happened. It was a big deal. Yeah. Huge deal. It was exciting. It was tear-jerking when that first night happened. Second night, well, you know, a little questionable. But, you know, but this year, I think people forget the hype of what AEW was, especially the opening match being Darby Allen taking on Cesar Bononi. Darby's music kicks in, and the place goes fucking nuts. Nice. It just went nuts. He comes out. Sting comes out. It was a good opening contest. I thought it was one of the weaker matches of the night, but I'm not. I don't. I don't spend a lot of time paying attention to the Cesar, but I think he's good. You know, he's he's decent. Um, you know, at the end of the match, after Darby won, you know, every I like Namath, Peter Avalon, all came and was attacking. Oh, Scorpio's got Ethan Page, of course. Can't forget those two. Yeah. Um, they came out, all attacked, you know, both of them. And then, again, another huge pop, which almost made me cry, was the Dark Order. Because mm -hmm. remember, pre-COVID, the Dark Order was like, Ooh, why, don't, why the fuck are they a thing? Nobody yeah. cared about the Dark Order. I had those same feelings later on when uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson were having their match. And just hearing the crowd and how they re were reacting to them, I was thinking, oh my god, I'm just thinking, like, before... Dynamite was even a thing. Like when these two just showed up with all their creepers, everybody hated them. And now they're the biggest faces on AEW. <laughs> when did they debut too? They debuted. Was it the first double or nothing? Or was it all out? It might have been. Actually, it might have been all in. I'm trying to remember. I Now I'm kind of curious. I hate to hate to... People get to see me be, uh, you know, put up, put, you know, a bunch of bullshit in a professional. <laughs> no, it was the original Double or Nothing. It was Double or Nothing. Okay. Because right. they didn't wrestle. They showed up. I forgot. Yeah. They, they showed up and attacked somebody. And then there was like 25 of their, their creepers showing up. And they all made a seat for Evil Uno. And I thought it was pretty cool. The crowd, though, they shat all over it. I'm just like. Give him a chance, guys. Well, that was the thing. So this is the thing. Like, this was the first example of talent that nobody was really familiar with. So, like, you know, obviously you and I and a couple other people, you know, Ring of Honor, New Japan, you know, 
we were very familiar with a lot of this talent. And then they came out, and everyone's kind of like, who's that? But even you had, like, people like Sonny Kiss who – or other people who they had vignettes for. They had, you know, these these videos. This is the first time they were just like, yo, we're going to drop these guys on you. Right. You know, every company does it. At some point, every company is, you know, going to do it. Yep. You know, not everyone's going to get the the rock treatment, which, as we've seen when that happened, that kind of sucked. Yep. <laughs> when you look back. But I just remember, you know, everyone was kind of like, who the fuck are these guys? And they are just, they are incredible. I could, I I don't get enough of the Dark Order. Like, yeah, when are we getting a Dark Order e-show? Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, we all want it. We all want it. Um, following that, we did have the weigh-in. You know, Paul White coming out, which was kind of cool. I think this was one of his first. I mean, he's been, I think, on Dynamite once already, yeah. if not twice. But this was the first. You know, he comes out. He has a microphone. I, I, I had to snap it. I'm like, this is. I don't think people realize. Like, this is the first time Paul White is really in front of a crowd. Yeah. In you, could, you could tell how how excited he was. Uh, just like pumping up the crowd and everything else. And uh, uh, yeah, it's just chills pretty much the whole night. Just hearing the crowd. Uh, so and good. He, he has quite the personality on the mic, too. He does. He does. WWE never really let him do that. I mean, he had some moments, but most of the time he was just. There's the big show. He's the big guy. You know, he's yep. coming out. He's either going to win or lose. And then that's that. Yep. Um, but you know, I loved his, like his little back and forth with QT when they were coming out. That was a little fun. That's where like, like the more I hear QT on the mic, he's another one who I think definitely has a lot more potential than people are giving him. Absolutely. The the factory I'm really liking. They're like nobodies and they just, there's something about them, especially with Anthony Ogogo. He is a bronze Olympic medal, boxing medalist, right? Which is awesome. It's cool. It's exciting. Like, and then Cody comes out, who is the now the American dream. For one weekend only. <laughs> you know, it, the way in, I thought there was going to be confrontation, and there really wasn't. Maybe it has to do with the rib thing I just said. That, that does make – because honestly, I expected the same thing. I was like, somebody's going to attack somebody, but when the boys are in their underwear only, and I was like, mm, no, I don't think they will because, God forbid, <laughs> anything <laughs> happens on live television like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Part of it kind of felt a little off for me. Like, I think maybe for me personally, it was the weakest segment of the whole show. It just it didn't seem to flow. Like, Paul's having some major issues with that scale. <laughs> And it just, I don't know, it, it felt a little it felt a little janky to me. And I'm not I, hating. I'm just giving an honest, like, when I'm watching it, I'm just like. Ah. I will, no, I'll agree with you. Because when I was looking at, when they started the show off, like I said, the Darby and Cesar match was okay. It wasn't like the other openers they've had recently. This happened. I'm like, cool, the way in. And the way in, it it happened. Yeah, exactly. It just happened. It's like, oh, okay, we're not going to have any confrontation or no no climactic buildup. It was just kind of like, we're here. Yeah, no standoff with them with their fists at each other's faces. None of that. It's just... They definitely could have had somebody with Paul working that scale. I know it's not a difficult thing to do, but, like, 
definitely probably should have had somebody who does that kind of stuff, maybe to make it a little look a little more professional, probably go a little more smoothly. Yeah. Plus those skills are old old as shit anyway, so of course they're gonna fuck up on national television. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Following that, we had a great bout between Hangman and one of the most underrated talents of AEW who we don't get to see enough, Joey fucking Janella. Oh, the bad man. boy. That was a great match. And also, like Adam Page, like, is he turning into Ric Flair and just kind of looking in the wrong way and he busts open? <laughs> mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that. Like, when he went for he went for his finisher, he's just got blood, like, streaming down his face. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> I noticed. I noticed the blood in his mouth. Yeah, that too, yeah. And that was it. And the next thing you know, I turn around and he's, like, <laughs> Niagara Falls. Yeah. Um... Great bout. I, I totally forgot. This is the this is their rematch from All In. Remember, they wrestled each other at All In. That was three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Ugh. You know, and then obviously, you know, with Paige, you know, Paige winning, you know, um, Team Taz comes out. Um, I don't know. Did they attack? I totally forgot if they attacked him. No, they didn't. And that was a for me. I was a little surprised because Taz was up at commentary for Hangman's match. And he's, after the match was over, he was saying, you know, Brian Cage is going to come out, he's going to kick your ass, et cetera, et cetera. So Cage comes out, gets in the ring, and Cage pretty much just stops him in his place. He goes, no, 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 I know how this shit works. I'm going to supposed to be distracted by you, and then we're going to have people like Hook and um ricky starks come out and he turns around turns his back on cage and i'm like all right well if he's gonna attack him this is the time to do it and he's just yelling at both of them as they start coming through the crowd and i'm just like what's going on and then he basically just tells cage he's like do you need them i thought you were a badass yeah, that was the, the ball's shriveling up comet i was like oh <laughs> I, I i have a feeling they're gonna implode at some point oh yeah i think we're close to it um i think Taz has done his duty with these guys. Yeah. Um, not that Brian Cage wasn't a name, or Ricky Starks wasn't. You know, Powerhouse Hobbs probably needs it a little more than the rest of them. Right. But he's he's in the middle of fighting with Christian, which I thought was well, what a, a nice callback. Yeah, right in the back. Woo. That was that was exciting. Like, it, and it just happened out of the blue. Yeah. Like it didn't even seem planned. I think they just cut, and it's like, what what is going on here? Like. The insanity that happened through this episode, minus those first two segments, which were okay, everything after that was, like, to the fucking moon. Yeah. Um, up next, we had Orange Cassidy give his aunt. Well, start off with Pac. Oh. This, this bit, and there was something I was thinking about this whole time. You have told me time and time again it's never a good idea for a challenger to touch a title. Oh, I and I was thinking that to myself, but when Orange picked up the belt and he just held it there and he did the, I was just like, I was like, I know this could work. If if you were here, when he went to look at the title, I started yelling at the television, don't, don't touch it. Don't do it. And he goes to grab it. I'm like, no. And then Pac steps on it. I'm like, okay, all right. That's all right. We're fine. That's the, all right. Whatever. They go through the whole thing. Orange ends up on top, and I'm like, all right, he's staring at the title again. Just leave it there, turn around, walk away. 
don't touch it. Picks it up anyways, and I'm just like, all right, this awesome, this moment's still awesome, but damn it. I'm so old school when it comes to the challengers that have never held the title before. Don't touch it. You haven't earned that right yet to hold that title. That's just, I don't know, that's just the old-fashioned wrestling fan in me just nitpicking. But the whole segment as a whole, I thought was outstanding. Loved it, it so much. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like, I, you know, I've definitely come back to, you know, your philosophy. Don't touch the title. But when he held it and he stood there, I'm like, that pose, that's, I go, that's a million dollars right there. Yeah. I go, if he has that belt and the end, I'm not going to lie. And I'll tell everyone listening and watching right now, I do not care who wins this match. And I don't mean that in the, I don't care about this match. I'm happy with any result from this match. Absolutely. Kenny wins. Awesome. Kenny's still the fucking stronghold he is. If Pac wins, this probably, this puts him over in ways that he hasn't been seen before, how he should have been booked over in WWE. If once Cassidy wins, he now becomes one of the biggest wrestlers in professional wrestling. Yep. And you're looking at three different styles. You're looking at Kenny, you're looking at Pac, you're looking at Cassidy, especially Cassidy being the outlier. It's so crazy how they're so vastly different from one another. And it just, that makes this match even more intriguing for me. It's, oh man. But the funny thing of it is, this match, as amazing as it is, for me, is only the third most anticipated match that I have. I have two that are actually above that. And that's just <laughs> insane for me. Get me hot and bothered here, Scott. So we can discuss them. So... After that, we had Jade Cargill, who had this really cool promo, actually, I thought, with, you know, Matt Hardy, you know, Big Money Matt, and then her man, Mark Sterling, which, maybe it's a dark thing, maybe I missed something, but I know last time I saw Mark Sterling, it was kind of like a, no, I don't need a manager kind of deal. Yeah, I'm not really sure exactly where that's been going either, but I know Sterling's been doing stuff, He, he he was MJF's lawyer way back when. And apparently he's done enough for Jade to go with him. And I like the fact that Mark said, I don't get paid unless she wins. I'm like, oh, you're doing the old lawyer commercials. I love it. Yeah. And so far, you know, she's undefeated. You know what? I know. I know people. There are people that I know who who don't like her. There's there's something about her. Where she she has everything, but she doesn't have the it factor yet. She's still she's she's on her way up. I mean, as she says, she calls herself she is that bitch, and she is, and yeah. But you're right though, she's missing something. I don't know if it just needs more exposure, needs more time on the mic, but she's she's definitely on an upward trend. So I. I want to see where they where they go. Like, obviously, we have the women's title match, double or nothing. Does she then jump right in now, or is it still a building process? Personally, I hope it's still a building process. That would be incredible. Okay, so first and foremost, my buddy Rob's he was getting upset. He kind of like, oh, she's gonna have the title at the end of the year. I go, no, no. I go, they've been building up Brit for a long time now. It's true. They're not gonna give it to Brit and then make her drop it in a month. Right. Now I think would be bad. Because she has been the face of the – she's been the face since day one of the women's division. There is not another wrestler, female wrestler, synonymous with the women's division that I can think of. Yeah, definitely. It's um, We'll talk about her promo 
or her or a little mm-hmm. bit later. But I loved. Oh my god! You want to talk about mo, uh, like a career defining promo? I think Britt had it on this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm. We're gonna get to that, but. Cargill had a match against uh, Kylan King. I guess she's been on Dark and Elevation. Cargill won this match. Decent match. Like I said, yeah. like she she has all the fa- she she needs the it factor. She you know Cargill has six and zero. She does have good mic skills. She can cut a promo. She yeah. has the physique, yeah. and she has the athletic background. Obviously, oh, she's yeah. in the WNBA, so she needs. This is what I'm gonna. This is what I always refer to when we talk about. The it factor, whether it be a promo, whether it be a spot, whether it be a match. I will always go back to 2017, 2017, maybe 2018. The infamous Roman and Braun ambulance bed. Braun Strowman, who people kind of just didn't care about. Yeah. Fucking destroys Roman Reigns, throws him in a stretcher off a ramp. Braun, nobody, I don't think, shot faster up in popularity than Braun yeah. Strowman no, since I I've watched wrestling. Yeah, that was no, crazy. I agree. <laughs> That's what Jay needs. Jay needs that that spark, and yeah. she's going to just take the ball and run. Yeah. So following that, we had our TNT title match. You know, TNT champion Miro taking on Dante Martin. It's kind of what we expected. You know, can, can, can we talk about... Miro soaking in the Miro's gonna kill you chance for a moment. It's just <laughs> I missed that. There were people actually chanting that? Yes. And he just kind of stood there before the match starts. He puts out his arms and he's just like rocking his head back and forth to it. And I'm just like, uh, why couldn't he do this? Why couldn't they give him this freedom, WWE? Ah, God. Yeah, this was this was, you know, this was what I expected it to be. Miro obviously retaining. This is one of those matches. Like, I will always go back to, I think, one of my personal favorite WrestleMania matches. And even after watching the Ultimate Warrior Dark Side of the Ring episode recently, which we still have to talk about. uh, This has that. And again, I'm not comparing them as in it's just as good. But it has the height. Hogan, Warrior. Mm. Two big monsters. Miro and Lance. Both have this it. Like I said, we're gonna talk about the it factor. Yeah. They're both great on the mic. They both have the physique. They both look great in the ring. And you're just like these. These are. This is Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and I'm really looking looking forward to this match. Yeah. On Sunday. We talked about those most hyped matches. For me, this one's it. This one's the most for me my most anticipated match. I cannot wait to see these two bulls just beat the ever-living shit out of one another. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I cannot wait. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I don't think I've been so hyped for an AEW pay-per-view since All In. Yeah, no, I I agree. They've done a marvelous job hyping up this pay-per-view. And also with the circumstances, with the the crowds coming back, it's just – this feels like a WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And they're actually they're treating it that way too because they have live events this week. They uh, weekend they have uh, signings, meet and greets. Like they're treating this as their WrestleMania, and I think it's 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 beautiful marketing. It's it's such a. Uh, I'm getting uh, pins and needles right now. I know me too. Talk about this. <laughs> I'm like so excited. I know. 
Like I'm like a little kid. Like I, you know, I have I have some things going on this weekend, and I've told people like, oh, Sunday night, double or nothing, go scrow. If you're watching right. it for me, great. If not, bye. Dead to me. <laughs> so following that, we're gonna go right into what we were just talking about. It was Hikaru Hikaru Shida's championship celebration, where she came out. They honored her, you know, year-long championship run, longest AEW t- champion as of right now. And they gave her a new belt, oh. which is bigger than the other one. Yes. Thank God. The toy belt is gone. I, The first time they brought that belt out, I was like, what is this? I'm like, should I put it on my action figure? Like, what's going on? <laughs> now they have a legitimate title. It's just, it feels, it feels right. It's a shame that she's going to drop that title come Sunday, but that's beside the point. <laughs> we got to we got to give her credit though. She has been probably I'm trying to think one of the few champions I think to be active from start to finish throughout this whole thing. Yeah, and in, in even even as Brett, uh, Britt came out afterwards, she basically said that you know she has been the champion of of the pandemic. And she truly has. And what's going to happen on Sunday between those two, for me, this is my second most anticipated match. Because if we go back and we look at how Britt started in this company, we didn't know how else she'd do. Now look at her. She even mentioned it. The previous era was about 316. This one's going to be about DMD. I, I, I popped <sighs> so I hard when she said that. I was like, just give her all the titles. Just give it just, – just now. Just do I it. want her DMD shirt. Like, I don't buy a lot of, like, um, you, know, I won't, you know, I buy you know, wrestling tees all the time. I don't think I own any of the, you know, any women's wrestler shirts. This would be the one. That DMD one? Yeah. I, I oh my. It, it, it just, it fits everything about her character and how she talks about, you know, how she misspoke when she spoke with JR, saying how she was the face of the women's division. Now she's going to be the face of the new era after Sunday. And I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> and again, this is one of those things where she's a heel and people are going to, it's going to bug the shit out of people. Yep. But she's go. Oh my God, her as champion. Whew, you're looking at a great reign. One of the yeah. probably one of the best legendary reigns in the women's division. Not all of wrestling yeah. coming up. It's gonna be good. And and again, this is nothing against Sheeta. We love Sheeta. I I think she's been a phenomenal champion. But there's no derailing Britt Baker's train right now. I I think it would be a terrible move. For them to have Brit just go all the way as she has, and then all of a sudden fall off the off the cliff. But. Yeah, no, I'm, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> Following that, we had what I thought was a pretty good, you know, main event match. Because we had other things that happened, but um, Dark Order, you know, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson taking on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. It was good. I love everybody in this match. Everyone looks great. Um, probably probably the cohesiveness between... I love Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page together. Their cohesiveness definitely needs a little bit of work in the ring. Right. 
Yeah. Um, but I like the pairing of the two. The ego and Scorpio. Like you and I, we fucking raved about Ethan Page yep. and Impact. Yep. It's nice to see him on a bigger stage, and he's 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 making the most of it so far. And you're right, there's still obviously some growing pains between the two of them, but I think they'll I think they'll 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 knock those out. Um, I could definitely see these two as tag champs before they decide to go their separate ways. Um, but I I think, in no pun intended, I think an ego will get in the way of those two at some point down the road. And as good as a tag team. As they as they will be, I think their one on one feud will be even better down mm-hmm. the road. Oh yeah, and I love Scorpio Sky's like theme song right now. Yes, it's it's really good. I'm, oh man, this. So, but that was even the best part about this match. So at the end of it, obviously Darby came out, and uh, so did several stings. Yeah, <laughs> and. Darby attacked Ethan, and, you know, the Sting started attacking Scorpio Sky one by one. Boom, boom, boom. And then he gets, like, the fourth one. It's like, doesn't move. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and it's funny because I didn't pick up on that immediately when I'm watching the Stings come out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, they got a bunch of different posters. And then they were going down the line, going down the line. And then yeah. I realized how tall this one was. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, that's, that's, that's him. That's another like I will be happy with either or result from that match. Yeah. Because as much as I want to see Sting Sting win, you know, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are on the up right now. Yeah. Darby just had his title run, so if he takes a loss, it's fine. But these two are on the up. Yeah. Also, I don't know where it fell in because I remember just the commercials cutting at one point. We had that pretty fire promo from. Our two boys. Yes. Yes. Mox. Uh, And and Kingston. Oh, my God. That's another one that's going to be a a fantastic match. I I honestly, I I don't know who to pick for that match. Because it could go either way. So, uh. Yeah. No, I... And, and and to go back to the the sting moment, um, I don't know because I know you you didn't watch WCW back in the day, but Sting did the thing where he removes the mask to reveal himself as in, in the yes, face. Yes, yes, I've seen that. I've seen <laughs> that that promo. Oh, uh, that I don't I don't know how many times he's done that in in the course of his his career, but when he did that last on on, on Dynamite, I <laughs> I could not stop laughing. It was just I love it. It's just the callbacks to himself. It's just yeah. Just, that's one of those that's so subtle. Like I've I've seen that moment, but because you brought it up because you noticed it, it's like yo what that was like like Easter eggs. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, overall, I thought Dynamite was outstanding. Um, the crowd being back at, at Daily's Place's full capacity was definitely put it to that next level for me. Like, I I loved what SmackDown did, and I thought 
the presentation of the show was outstanding, but AEW for me was a step above because they had all the crowd and what the crowd was doing and just feeding into it, you know. And then we talk about um, the very last segment, which was all about the inner circle. The crowd singing Jericho's theme at full capacity. Like, I, I, I had goosebumps for the entirety of them singing. It was just... That was the moment I was waiting for the <clears throat> most. Because if you want to talk about crowd interaction, I don't think AEW gets as much crowd interaction with anything else. But this is their pinnacle. Like, no, no, no pun, pun intended. intended. This is the pinnacle of the crowd going insane yep. when Judas kicks in. I don't. I can't think of even like any other theme song where people sing along like that. Yep. No, no, across the board. Like Jericho made his own theme song, and it was almost it was so egotistical when he wrestled in New Japan. Me and me and Josh, we laughed about it, like, yo, he's using his own song. This yep. is comical. He's yep. really pushing ego on this. Yeah. And now it's just become a part of who he is. Like, yeah. yo, break the walls down. Legendary. But this has brought him to a – it's insane. He comes out, the crowd's singing. He's just – he's he's soaking it up because he loves it. Mm. He loves it. And then we all get this really strong, heartfelt promo, which a year ago, they were the assholes of the company. Exactly. Exactly. And now they're – now they're the huge faces of the group, and it's just like – Oh, also, I mean, we had Eric Bischoff during the segment. Let's not forget right? that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know it's um I love that they bring him back for these big moments too. Mm-hmm. Um even even like another slap to WWE's face since he was just inducted into their Hall of Fame and he's like and they're like, "Hey, why don't you come over?" It's, All right. Well, one of the things he even said and for me, I feel like Bischoff is one of the few guys you get in wrestling who if he doesn't feel it, he's not going to say it. Right. So when he made the comment about you know, he what he said, 25 years ago on the same network, we introduced a group of guys who would become one of the, if not the best faction of all time. Right. And this other group might actually rival being better than them. Yeah. And I was like, now that that the fact that's come from the man who pretty much concocted the idea. Yep. And somebody who I think doesn't just didn't just say that. Mind you, he understands television. He understands ratings. But also, I don't think I've ever heard him say something where, unless on a podcast where he's like, I don't remember that. But then other things he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that to a T. And it's like, what's what's what? I don't think he would have said that. Right. It's like Paul Heyman. I don't think Paul Heyman would say stuff he doesn't believe. I agree. 100%. Lie to people? Sure. (laughs) But like, you know, when he says stuff about other talent and other people and whatnot, I think it's coming from his heart. Yeah. So that's where I was kind of like, this it was it was a moment. It was a it was a moment. It was it. There was a lot to this episode that really. I remember, and this is for me. I remember growing up, and really the only WrestleMania that I remember watching TV before and after for, and I didn't get to watch it live, is obviously the infamous WrestleMania 20. Mm. The build up from let's start with some Survivor Series. Where the Buried Alive match happened, you know, Undertaker lost to Vince McMahon and he disappeared off of TV for like five months. You know, everything with Benoit, everything with Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle and, you know, Brock Lesnar, John Cena in the big show. You know, the fact that Evolution was going to wrestle the Rock and Sock connection, you know, that kind of stuff. You look back and you're just like, 
like big moments across the board this whole episode had that and this definitely like comes full circle one of the coolest things about this too is they included dean malenko yes the pinnacle used him as bait and i'm like yo we're gonna use we're gonna actually use dean yep like this was kind of cool obviously they run out they get jumped and then it was pile driver city for everybody (laughs) yeah i know i love that now i'm going to assume with the size of stadium stampede this might be the closing match I would assume so, especially with what's on the line. I, I agree with you. I think this will be our finisher. But it is tough because the title, the, the AEW title match is so up there, too. It's kind of like, oh, God, it's like, what do you? What and do you, also, I don't know, is Stadium State live or is it going to be a taped match? Because if that it's was a taped the, match, it can go anywhere. Well, I, I, I actually, I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see what it was, uh, yay or nay yet. So I, I heard something to... about it potentially being live, but I don't know how you're gonna do that live. It's so yeah, especially because it's stadium safety. They're gonna go everywhere. You're gonna have to have like 30 camera crews all over the stadium to try to catch everybody. So yeah, who don't knows? worry, the cons have the money. So that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so do, do, speaking of that, do <laughs> do we want to talk about what Tony Khan said? Before Dynamite even started. Yeah, let's bring that up because that is Dynamite related. And yeah. Scott and I definitely plan on talking about this in a separate video. That's right. We're going to start doing videos now about stuff. Ooh. So, obviously, there have been things that have come out about WWE and talks with New Japan Pro Wrestling. For all we know, these talks could have been, hey, they had a call. You want to work together? No. And then that could have been it. Right. That could have been it. That's the problem. When you have the this stuff like this come out, I mean, fuck the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, they all have these huge deals. Like nobody realized the depths of how much they had talked by this point right. before the AEW came along. So Tony Khan came out and actually addressed it. He dropped WWE. Mind you, the AEW Twitter added WWE. Now, some people are like, well, it's just an at this and that, da 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 Plethora of things could have been happening. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think Vince McMahon would have okayed something like this. Triple H? Potentially. He could have, uh, you know, they could have been like, hey, yo, I want to do this. Do you mind? Yeah, cool, whatever. You know? Because they also know, they understand, Triple H has been in the game pre-Monday Night Wars. Yep. He understands how this works. If you talk, you know, you know, Talk to your competitor. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's do this thing. We don't have to interact with each other, but we can kind of like throw a little shade and get people talking. Right. And it certainly did. Yeah, the fact that he said it and he was talking about WWE's president. What's his name? Um, Nick Khan. Nick Khan. And he's talking about, you know, how he's the, you know, he's the real Khan. New Japan Pro Wrestling isn't going anywhere. This and that, da, da, da. This could all be just a work, just to get everyone, like, you and I talking and getting, like, right. like having, like, a seizure thinking about this idea. I and I love that he dropped the line, there's only room for one Khan in professional wrestling. And I'm just like, ah, let's go. <laughs> but also, 
I know WWE has been talking about working with other promotions. Yeah. And there's a lot going on right now with that company. Yeah. There's a lot going on. I don't know whether to read into it or not. Obviously, when you and I put our video together, you and I will have a lot more to discuss. But the fact that Tony Khan put out this video, like, name-dropping the president, the company, it... During SmackDown of all times, too, it's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I want to see if there's going to be a rebuttal, Scott. I doubt it. Honestly, I doubt it. The way WWE has always been with their competitors, minus the Monday Night Wars, I doubt it. I doubt well, anything will happen. We don't know. It's true. We don't know, but just going off of, you know. No, I know I know where you're coming from. It's kind of like, yeah, probably highly doubt it. It's not going to happen. That's that. Life goes on. Yeah, no, understandable. But I have a feeling. I don't know. I don't know. I want to see where this goes. It might not go anywhere, but we'll discuss that on a video talking about this. Anywho, Dynamite coming on. Guys, it's double or nothing. Three. This is the third double or nothing. Insane. If you came up to Scott and I four years ago, four years ago now, I think, mm-hmm. when we first met at WrestleMania 33, and go, yo, you guys are going to be doing a podcast and talking about a brand new company that is on primetime television who are going to have an incredible pay-per-view and an incredible roster. We would have looked at – we probably would have slapped that person. Probably. We've been like, are you mental? Probably would have given him a 3D through the table at the restaurant we were at. So. Yeah, was that Longhorn or is that Outback? I don't remember. All I remember is that our, our – our waiter was going to be an extra for The Undertaker. And I'm just like, you son of a bitch, I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. It's double or nothing. There's a solid 10-match card. Mm. Crazy enough, I think w, um, AEW has managed to... They've learned how to have these cards with, you know, these longer i don't want to say longer card like longer match card but like keep it within a reasonable time frame right like i i fully expect this show will end a little after 11 i think they'll keep it within three hours um i can see but, going to four but no longer than four yeah no going past midnight well i mean it is holiday weekend it is we don't have to get up for work in the morning we will be recording this late We'll be yes, recording our, our post-show. Super late. Ooh. You and I are going to be drooling. We're going to have to – I'm going to have to get a sting mask because I'm going to look like I had a stroke. So let's get right into it. So first and foremost, we're going to go to our trusty, reliable source of the interwebs that we know as Wikipedia. Yep. Um, we're going to go down this card. Um, we're going to start off with the pre-show. We have not one, two women's title matches this night. Oh, it's so good. Pre-match going to be Serena Deeb defending the NWA World Women's Championship against Rio. Scott, you got your notebook out? I think I, it's time. Come on, Sam. You, you know me. <laughs> you know me. It's out, ready to go, already saved as a file, just ready to start typing some names in. Oh, man. And I love the fact that the even the pre-show match is high stakes. 
Mm-hmm. So, for me personally, I like that Serena is starting to turn a little heelish with what she's done lately, especially coming back from injury, wants to prove herself still, and now she's starting to be a little devious with her ways. So I think this match is going to be a real good starter at 7.30 when when things kick off. Uh, And I'm going to pick Serena Deeb to retain the title. I'm going to go with that as well. Um, Obviously, I'm going to be a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? analytical um this is an nwa title i don't see a title change happening on an AEW show but also serena she really hasn't had her shot with this title in regards to the you know i I haven't really we haven't watched power or power surge or you know any of the nwa stuff but i think i I can see her being on this upswing of starting to like you know make her way up the car i mean yes she's nwa wins champion but imagine you know you got serena deep at one point wrestling brett baker right you know, title for title, you know, or, you know, one title online or whatnot. You know, I think. Oh, man, mm. that'd be. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right. Right. So that's what I'm going to go with there. Scott, do you want to go from the bottom up? Because they have these all kind of mixed up a little bit. Yeah, let's go from the bottom up here. Okay, well, from the bottom up, we're going to go with, um, you know. The tag team championship match, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I'm gonna let you go first because I'm literally on the fence with both teams. So, gotta keep in mind here. We have obviously John and Eddie, who probably would slaughter the Young Bucks in a ring together. And I don't mean that like a, they're better wrestlers. I'm just like, put, put them in a ring against the box. They'll kill them. Like they're out for blood. Yeah. Um, but we obviously, and they're not mentioned in anything here. We have factors that I think might get involved. Other known as our good friends, the good brothers. Yeah. So I'm honestly going to say as much as I think, you know, Moxie and Kingston would – could win, I would argue that the, the Good Brothers are going to come in, do some new do shenanigans, and the Young Bucks are going to retain. Because they're, they, they're, they're on an ego streak. They just joined with Don Callis. Also, again, I'm going to pull stuff out from the back. And if we're wrong about this, I mean, if they anyone who wrestles listens to this, they can call us shitheads. But I would even argue they're going to lose because I don't know how far along Renee, Renee is. So I can see John Moxie taking time out. That's true. With the baby That's coming. True. So That is a valid point. I don't see John Moxie getting the title and then being like, oh, yeah, we're about to have a baby. I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong. But logically speaking. Right. No, that's those are some those are some actually really good, really really good points. I actually completely forgot about the Good Brothers. Um, I now that we think about it, they could they could show up multiple times during this pay per view. Could. So I I I I will tend to agree with you. I think the Bucks will. Uh, you sold me on it. I think the Bucks will retain, but I think it's going to be a really really fun match to watch. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh yeah. Keep in mind, too, I mean, 
we could there there's a lot of talent out there that was released and some of these people don't have 90 day clauses that is true and we have the forbidden door which we still haven't seen its full potential yep so we could see anybody show up <sighs> heavy breathing <laughs> so following that uh except we have sting and darby allen taking on scorpio's guy and ethan page this one I think is pretty easy for me. As much like I said, I kind of gave my answer away earlier with Sting and Darby Allen. You know, Sting. You know, Darby Allen having the having the title already at this mm-hmm. point. Sting. I'm so glad he's coming back into the ring. Um, and usually in a case like this, you would have somebody like this win so they get some momentum. He's not there to wrestle really. Right. He's more of a you know he's 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 a character he's gonna be there to support other wrestlers when he needs to be in a r- ring he will be in the ring so we're only looking at a second match since December true um this is his first in ring match since he came back in December or October December now I think it's December December second I think was winter is coming Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are on this up they're on this up and they will play dirty as dirty can get right more so Ethan Page. Than Scorpio Sky. True, because Paige has one hell of a history with Darby, mm-hmm. and that can't be understated. So, so my argument here: Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page on the up, they're gonna get the win here. I do agree with you, but however, <laughs> <laughs> we need we need that feel good moment of the night, and this is Sting's first match. That's sanctioned match in six years, yada, yada, yada. They said it all night during during Dynamite. And, yeah, Darby just had a big loss. I don't feel like this is going to be a one-and-done thing between these four. But I think on this night, I think Sting and Darby will get the win. I don't think this will diminish Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They're going to cheat, like you said. But I think Sting and Darby will find a way. And I know Darby's going to pretty much wrestle this entire match. There's going to be a hot tag moment. Sting's going to come in, level these two boys. And I don't think Sting will actually get the pin. I think Darby will uh, after a cough drop, probably on the both of them. Who knows? But this is, I think, the first time at least on this show, I'm going to go off script, and I think Sting and Darby are going to take the win on this one. But this is just not the beginning of a feud, but a continuation of it. I think this is going to continue going on. I agree. And again, and I think I said this before, this is this is one of those matches. And I think most matches, this, this, this pay-per-view, I'm not going to be mad with the results. That's true, yeah. I think others might have different consequences. I'm really there's, – there's so many roads we can go, whoever wins, yeah. whoever doesn't win. Um, again, I'm not going to be mad either way with Stinger Darby Allen or Scorpio's got Ethan Page, but that's my thoughts. That's your thoughts following that. Um, wow, this is really down on the list. Um, the pinnacle – we, we should save this one for, for the end, okay, I think. Okay, save this one. Yeah. Okay. Up next, we have Miro and Lance Archer for the TNT title. This one, I'm going to make the argument, and I don't know what's going to happen. This is a match where shenanigans could take place. Mm. Not even like Miro does something or Lance does something. I think we might get maybe a new face show up and help Miro retain. 
Okay. I think this is going to be an awesome match. This is going to be, like you said, it might be the match of the night. But I could also see somebody coming in. You want to see Mero win clean, but you also don't want to see Lance Archer lose clean. Right, exactly. So it's one of those, what would your best bet be? Oh, it's tough. Uh, I, I think Miro retains, though. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. Um, I think that this one, like I said, this for me is my 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 highest. Uh, the anticipation on this is the highest out of all this phenomenal card already. It's just, yeah, I I don't see I don't see Miro winning clean. I think he's going to do something, or like you said, somebody else could come in and help him win. But I think at this point, Miro just needs. He needs that defining moment. And I think he had some of that when he beat Darby for the title. But Miro needs to be the champion that WWE never let him be. Yep. So having him lose to Lance, I think, would really, really hurt what Miro's trying to do now. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point, he'll find a way to survive. And because. The winner of this match will not win. They'll survive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think he'll find a way to survive Lance. Um, and hopefully maybe this is just the beginning of something. I like long feuds. It's just how I am. And I, and I hope that this is this is not just Lance is going to go off into the sunset again and disappear for another five months. But, um, but yeah, I picked Miro to, to retain as well. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you picked up on it. When Miro came out, they were like, from Bulgaria, now residing in Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. Because I, I, I know for a fact, I don't know if this is, we've ever discussed this, but I know for a fact Miro moved to the United States to pursue wrestling. Yep. Because I don't know how the how the scene is out there. I'm assuming if he relocated to the States, well, obviously the States is always the place you go to become famous. Um, no, I'm not being egotistical. I mean, that's always been the thing. Right. Um. But also, I mean, this, he's he's here. You know, he he loves what he loves. You know, he, he it was it was kind of cool to be like, okay, well, he's, you know, he's from Nash, you know, Nashville now. You know, it was I don't know. There was something about it that just perked it up. It's kind of like, fuck it. I just love the fact that he got a calendar over. He got Rusev Day over. Right. Like, oh my. God. Speaking of another good one-on-one match, we're gonna have Hangman Adam Page take on Brian Cage of Team Taz. This one's a little tough for me, but I will call it now. Okay. And maybe it's premature. I would almost say this is where Brian Cage breaks from Team Taz. Okay. If not this night, because I'm looking Powerhouse Hobbs is going to be in the Battle Royale. Yeah. This is how how I'm thinking it. Um, Hangman. I'm going to say Hangman Adam Page wins, and I'm going to play out my scenario because I like to do this. I like the fantasy book. Hangman wins. It's going to be a great match. I think these two are both monsters. Again, another pair of monsters. Yep. Um, Hangman probably a little more character-based, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Hangman is going to win somehow. You know, maybe Team Taz gets in the way of Brian Cage. Could even Hangman cost wins. Cage the match. Cross case the match, and maybe the members of Team Taz go in there and start kicking the shit out of Paige. Again, this is all fantasy booking. Yep. You know, whether, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs might come out, you know, um, Hook comes out. Obviously, um, Ricky can't come out because he's, you know, on injury. 
Um, Brian Cage, I could even see pushing them away and, you know, helping Page up. And, you know, he is the better man. Yeah. You know, you've just cost me the match. I don't need you. Right. You know, and maybe we get a one-on-one with Cage where Page still wins. And they kind of, like, shake hands and, you know what? We get some kind of, not even a tag team, but we get some kind of, you know, bonding moment there. Right. And obviously Taz is not going to like that. You can send Hobbs into Hobbs and Hook into attack um, Cage. Mm-hmm. Page can then come back and help Cage. Just names are too close. <laughs> I I look at this. I look at Team Taz, and I'm not comparing the again in popularity. I'm comparing about the the structure. Yeah. Team Taz is very similar. I'm starting to think to Evolution. Okay. Evolution. All right. Ric Flair, man of the legend of the past, not man, legend of the past. He had the present, Triple H. He was the he was the man then. Nobody was bigger, scarier, could say less and do more than Triple H at the time. It's true. And you had the future, Randy Orton, who, obviously, as we know, has become even more famous than his father. Yeah. You know, and that's saying something because Bob Orton was a big thing in the territories back in the day, and obviously Dave Bautista. You know, the future, you know, the future. In this case, Taz, legend of the past. Yep. Brian Cage is the present. Yeah. You know, not obviously not as known. I wasn't talking about popularity. And then you have people like Ricky Stark and, you know, William Hobbs. You know, you and I, familiar with NWA, we love Stark from the beginning. Yep. And he's gotten better in AEW. Yeah. He has a lot of it. Will Hobbs, the same thing. He has a lot of that. So now you pull away the, you know, the old guard. You pull away, you know, Brian Cage. Now, Brian Cage is not the center of Team Taz. Taz is still there. You know, Brian Cage has given them some legitimacy. We don't yeah. need Brian Cage anymore. We have a name for ourselves now. We can yeah. move up the move ourselves up the totem pole, and Taz can help us. I don't know. And you're also, you, you also have the wild card of Hook. Is Hook still learning? Mm-hmm. He could slide into that, that future spot as well, and then... Taz can really push Hobbs while Sark's out on injury. And, yeah, I mean, even after Cage leaves, Team Taz can still survive. And they can even add more because, like you said, there's been more releases. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has 90 days. You never know who no. can appear. And that's the beautiful thing about this pay-per-view is that we don't know who's going to show. Because if we go to our next match, which is the Casino Battle Royal match, there's a TBA staring at you right in the face. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. And as we like to say, you know, evolution is a mystery full of change that nobody sees. So, (laughs) and actually to go off that, I did read an article, I guess, Tony Khan, especially now, you got to remember when those releases happened last year, um, No, COVID was like really starting to make its way. You know, yep. we were, you know, no, nobody knew what was going to happen. There was a point where I think we we're all fucking worried. Like AEW loses that one night on Dy- of Dynamite, and that's yeah. it. Right. So there weren't really any signings. They did pick up some people. Tony Khan has recently said they're going for mass expansion in terms of talent. He wants more talent. Well, I mean, they're going to have four shows when Rampage starts ramping up next year. That's yeah. That's that's outstanding news. I love to hear that um, because there are there are wrestlers in the indies that deserve spotlight. So it's nice to see 
AEW wants to bring more people in. Mm-hmm. Man, Sam, we we <laughs> in a few years we could be in, right in the thick of things again. And I know that you were you were real young when it came to you know the Monday Night Wars, but this may be that next edition, and. I don't know if WWE can honestly survive the way they are. I mean, I understand, yes. From a money standpoint, WWE's got money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. But the product that they've been putting out could lead to some trouble for them. Mm-hmm. Especially, I know they don't really care about ratings as much as they used to. I don't know. I, I Honestly, I... And I hate to say this, but if they don't smarten up a little bit more, they could be in some big trouble. Mm-hmm. Especially what Tony Khan has offered. I know you still have to give your pick for this match, but I'm going to give an example. You know, a lot of wrestlers retire from WWE because of the touring schedule. Yeah. And I don't know what they're – I know they're not really doing house shows right away. I don't know if they're ever going to come back to house shows. They're going to eventually tour. You know, they'll be in the UK. They'll be in Japan. They'll be in South America and whatnot. Yep. AEW gives such a freedom for a wrestler's schedule mm. that has been unseen before. Cool. As long as you're not on another TV brand, go wherever. Yeah. You could wrestle one day a week. You can just come to Dynamite. You're going to have people like – I'll throw a big name out there who said once this contract is over, he's leaving because he wants to watch his kid grow up. The phenomenal one, AJ Styles, this might prolong his career where he's like, yeah, I can have my family. Mind you, it's also closer. Right. I can have my family. But also, I can still do what I love. Yeah. Same thing with Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. That is going to be if that happens, Scott, whether it be Impact or AEW or New Japan, that'll if, be the moment of the year. If he shows up tonight, I swear to God, Sam. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> well, with that being said, Scott, what's your pick for uh, Cajun Page? I'm going to pick Page. Um more so over this is going to be a, I think, a revenge win because Cage cost him his perfect record earlier on another episode of Dynamite. So I, I think Page will get his his uh, his revenge. But talking about everything that we just talked about, it all fits in. Um, I think we'll have that, that moment where both of the, the men after the match will shake hands and then I think shit will go down and then Cage will said be done with, with Team Taz and just go on his own. Um, whether he takes the FTW, you know, title with him, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> we'll never, we won't know. We won't know. This year, though, this is going to be the match. <sighs> this, 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 this battle royale, and I love how this has been consistent. It is always the casino battle royale. They have this weird way of, you know, if you were a spade heart, you know, we're going to go up by. It's very brilliant. Very smart. I love this. Yeah. So, with this being said, um, I say we do three. Yeah, three is good. I Let's like three. three. Um, it's a good number. 
Um, I'll kick things off. I'm, and I always say it. TBA. TBA. Who it might be, I don't know. Like I said, it could be Brian Danielson. Andrade oh, could show up. Because, remember, AAA is working, and they're wrestling. That is true. I forgot. I totally forgot about Oh, man. You could have a plethora of people show up. I mean, we heard that a certain somebody might be coming over from Japan at some point. You want to see Daly's Place lose their fucking minds when the coins drop? Mm. <sighs> but I'm going to go TBA. I'm going to go Christian Cage. Okay. Again, another one. He he came off the bat, and he's here to win championships. Yeah. And he looks great. And, you know, even if we get a one-and-done thing with Christian Cage against Kenny Omega, I'll take it. Yep. You get to see uh, the best bout machine take on, again, a legend. Yep. And the fact that Christian is – his his wrestling IQ is not touched by many. So mm-hmm. just think of the storytelling that this match, that match would have. <sighs> See, see again. I'm gonna jump. You know, with with no competition, you know, there was there was no chance in hell half of this half of the shit would have happened over yeah. the past twenty years. Yep. You would have. You, you, uh, oh my god. I'm like so. I know. I know. I know. I I just. Oh, I completely understand. <laughs> um, following that, and this is gonna be a shot in the dark because I'm looking at the t- the talent in here. Um, there's one other name that sticks out. And again, this is somebody else who, if I get a one and done match, that's great, but I want to see it. Dustin Rhodes. Ooh, okay. Not Dustin, who I thought you would pick, but all right. All right. I like it. Pick? Well, I mean, I'll get in, I'll get into mine. Um, I agree with you on the first two picks. Obviously the TBA is always, you never know because Brian Cage was one of those. Mm-hmm. So, and I think well, Maybe one of us picked TBA at that point. Um, and Christian, I completely agree with you. But for me, another match that I would love to see would be Omega and Penta. So Penta would be good. Penta would be really good. Yeah. And, and not to knock Dustin, I think that would be pretty awesome as well. But for me, Penta would be that that third choice for me. There is not, but there's so many people in here. Like I would love to see, and I am trying to think storyline based too. That's another thing that comes into it. Right. Like right. imagine QT Marshall now getting a chance to go off the title. Imagine Matt Hardy getting a chance to go off the title. Yeah. Jungle Boy. You that know would be, that would be awesome. Brian even Pillman even Jr. Brian Pillman Jr. A shocker right there. Yeah. With everything be- going on with the Dark Side of the Ring episode for his father, and just uh, I'm almost tempted. <laughs> <laughs> Almost tempted. If we had a fourth pick, he'd be my fourth pick. But yes. we're gonna stick with three. I would I would agree with you on that one. The thing is my thing with Dustin is he is older and I will say he looks better than I think I've ever seen him wrestle. Agreed. He's having the best run in his career. Yeah. I would I would granted I've never watched him in the early days of WCW. I've seen matches, but but, like, I would argue – I would fight somebody. Like, I would get into fisticuffs with somebody to say that Dustin Rhodes is having the best career run since AEW started. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Definitely agree. 
I always, I always, I always look forward to this casino battle royale because it's like it's, it's there's a lot that they just throw. I mean, I think of the first, the, the all in one where they just there was all these different people involved. There was Impact people, AEW people, yeah, uh, not AEW, um, New Japan people, Ring of Honor people. I mean, I keep forgetting we mentioned it. Moose was in the fucking all in battle royale. Yep. You know, I think we had Tommy Dreamer in there. Uh, just so much. So much. I mean, if Tommy Dreamer showed up to AEW at this point. That'd be, yeah. I mean, you also have to remember. The TBAs could be somebody from Impact. Mm-hmm. Because they do have that working relationship. Also, like you said, could be somebody from New Japan. What happens if. Akoto Obushi decides that he wants to join mm-hmm. this Battle Royal. And, 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 and my apartment tables start flipping and I'm excited. I'm breaking couches because I'm freaking out like a mad lad. Holy shit. Maybe it's Naito. Maybe it's Naito. Maybe it's maybe, maybe everything goes dark and all you hear is and fucking Sammy Callahan coming out. Oh my god. Like I said, what if it's Moose again? That Moose has two title shots? One for the Impact title? One for the AEW title? The thing with the Forbidden Door, and even AEW in general, is prior to this, yeah, you would see the Ring of Honor Japan, Impact, you could see all of this. But now it's like AEW's doing it in the mainstream. Yeah. And it's shaking up things that WWE wouldn't even think about. Like, oh, we'll buy that small company and that's it. Yeah. We'll take Austin Theory and throw the rest of them away. Like. I know. And that's really unfortunate. But there's so much here where it's kind of like, it's it's like the territories are back. Yeah. It's really like the territories are back. Don't or maybe we get like to show up. NWA talent. Yeah, that's true. You know, the, there's, it's endless. It, the, the, the options are. <sighs> I need to contain myself here, Scott. <laughs> So following that, we do have Cody Rhodes taking on Anthony Agogo. Um, I would make an argument that, again, with somebody about to be a father, I would argue that Cody's going to lose this. Anthony Agogo is on the up. Yep. Cody's going to put up a fight. Um, even with even with Agogo's broken rib. I just think, you know, he is a he's a he's a monster. He's going to yeah. be they're going to push him the same way I think that Ken Shamrock got pushed or push him the same way that Brock got pushed. You know, they're an athlete, a world-class athlete. Yep. Not that Cody's not. But like you're pulling somebody in from the sports world. Right. You know, you want to make him look legitimate, as exactly. legitimate as possible. Exactly. So that's my argument. I would say Anthony Agogo Still wins, despite the no, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, he's a bronze medalist in the Olympics. To make the argument, I think he's, what, the second Olympian to win a medal? I mean, I know Chad Gable was in the Olympics, but he didn't win a medal. No, yeah, I think he's the second medalist in professional wrestling because yeah. I know Ken Patera yeah. was an Olympic. I don't know about, interestingly enough, I don't know about the Iron Sheik. I do know – so I watched a documentary on the Iron Sheik, side note. 
He came over to the States in Iran, from Iran from the 60s, 70s. His job before he became a professional wrestler over here was he trained the Olympic athletes for the U.S. team. So you think about, you know, the shit that he posts on Twitter, realize that stuff so much. <laughs> he's not he's he's not just, you know, he's a lot more to him than just being, you know, the angry Arab that he, you know, persona personifies. Right, right. Um, but no, I think he'll be the second uh, medalist. Yeah. So I think, uh, like you said, Cody puts up a good fight, but I think Agogo is going to hit him in the ribs a few times. Maybe break one of Cody's break one of Cody's ribs. And I think Agogo wins by technical knockout in this match. Yep. Now, Sam, now we get into the meat and potatoes of this pay-per-view. I love meat and potatoes. I know. It's so good. <laughs> the women's title match. Kairoshida in her one-year-plus title reign taking on Dr. Britt Baker, D.M. <laughs> the era is upon us and we welcome the good doctor to her new shiny aew women's title i you know there's not much to say about this match i think like you said it's gonna be in the top three of the night brit this is the beginning of the doctor's reign yes Yes. We might be getting our own virtuosa per se Ooh. with Britt Baker taking the title. But mm-hmm. I think it's I think you and I across the board we we know this is it. We're pulling take the gun, pull the trigger, yep. Britt Baker's champion. It's time. Yep. And and I love Sheeta, don't get me wrong. I think she's been a beautiful champion. And just a beautiful human being in its own right. And she's done a wonderful job. But I think unfortunately you can't derail Brits train right now mm-hmm. so um i would love to see this match and then a rematch because i think both matches would be outstanding but yeah it's definitely brit's time agreed um following that we have three-way match for the AEW world championship kenny omega orange cassidy Puck. This is a tough one, actually. It, it really is. So this is this is my thought. For some reason, and it's no fault against this own. And I said I'm not gonna be mad. Anybody wins this title, I will I will gladly take the L. Whoever wins, I don't think Pox win. They put so much emphasis on Orange Cassidy here. Mm. And Orange Cassidy's another one who he just has to walk out. You want to talk about somebody who has to do nothing? He does less than some of the old, you know, wrestling. Yeah, we again we talk about Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, where Ultimate Warrior did like nothing in that match, and right. he got he got pops like crazy. My God, I think it comes down to Kenny and Orange on this one. Okay, and again, I don't know. Again, the good brothers could be involved. Yep. But also in that – see, the thing is the difference here with uh, Moxie and Kingston, unless they have somebody come to their aid, they're losing those titles. Here, in which Cassidy has best friends. 
That's true. <sighs> Pac also has Death Triangle. Death Triangle. Ooh, now we're going to put a little more meat in there. Okay. So hey, this this could be an absolute, like, and I mean what? this in the best way, shit show for mm-hmm. this. Like, you could get everybody in this, turn into, like, a 20-person brawl for all we know. It's, yeah, it's it's going to be insane. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to let you pick this one first. Okay, all right. Um, I'm actually picking Omega to retain. Okay. My reason is I agree with you. Pac, I think Pac actually eats the pin yeah. in this match. Uh, because, like you said, they've been pushing Cassidy to the moon. The problem I have with Orange Cassidy is that he... Is this going to... Face heel argument? No, no, no. This is the the thing that that Mark and I have talked about all these years. Orange Cassidy was the last person to be on top the show before pay-per-view. When that person, unless it's like Roman Reigns, (laughs) if you're standing tall at the end, you'd have no shot of winning at the pay-per-view. It works... I would say 95% of the time. And I feel like Orange Cassidy's going to be unfortunately thrown into that same vein. I think all three of these men are going to have a phenomenal match, but I think Kenny is going to find a way because he is the belt collector and he has more belts to claim. And Don Callis. And there's Don Callis, who's always a wild card. So... I just, I, this is literally 33, 33, 34%. Yep. No, I would make that argument. Yeah. So it's that close, but I think Kenny's that extra 1% that's going to push it, push it ahead. Yeah. I think I, I would argue, I could see Pac taking the pin. I could even see that this shenanigans happen. Yeah. Whether it actually directly affects the match or not, I think shenanigans are going to happen. Um, I would even I wouldn't even be surprised if Orange Cassidy goes to pin Kenny and then like that's where it happens. Yeah. Alice comes out, good brothers come out. Um I I have a feeling this wouldn't be the again, this wouldn't be the worst time for Cassidy to have the trigger pulled on him. True, true. This, I think this is when I'm I love when we talk this stuff out because then, you know, stuff it's it's kinda like giving a presentation with what's your thoughts, what's your, you know, reasoning. It's right. not a bad time to pull on Orange Cassidy. If Orange like I said, he held that belt and he were like this could work. Right. And maybe it's a teaser for the future. Maybe right, exactly. that's the belt down the road. Yep. But I'll, I like your logic on that about the he was on top at the end. Uh, the logic about him holding the title. Uh, also, if you drop it on Cassidy, now the whole belt collector gimmick dies in about a month. Yeah. So it's like this whole buildup of Kenny being the wrestling god. You know, he would have to lose to Moose. Yeah. There would exactly. really be no reason for him to have the Impact title anymore. Correct. Or the AAA title. Right. Which you know. he still may end up losing to Andrade. But that's actually not till August. So. Right. But you lose the title a month. Imagine, like, depressed Kenny Omega in September. Mm-hmm. Losing all three of his titles. Actually, you know what? That wouldn't be a that would be a wonderful storyline. It if would be. followed everything. It would be kind of like when Okada lost the title. You know, he had one of the longest reigns ever. And then he, like, lost himself, and he dyed his hair red, and he had the balloons, and he was, like, wandering around, you know, just all over the place. 
very a very similar concept. But you know, I'm gonna go with Kenny, but it's like so close. It is yeah. so close. Yep. So now, what could arguably be the main event? Because I'm like, like you and I, we're torn how they're gonna put this pay per view together. Right. It's either the AW title or the Stadium Stampede. Yep. Um. Pinnacle taking on the Inner Circle. We don't have to go into details about this match. Nope. We know. Blood and Guts just happened. I'm going to just come straight out and say it. I don't think this feud is over. Okay. Okay. This is maybe their actual second bout together. I think about when you when you think about great wrestling feuds. They happen in threes. True. Um, they had Blood and Guts. Pinnacle won. Obviously, with the inner circle losing this match, they must disband the team forever. I mean, then again, that always goes back to you and I. Well, we disbanded the inner circle, but that to me doesn't mean that we can't be the outer circle. The outer circle comes into play. Ah, yes. Um, but I think there's one more in them. I don't think – I think the pinnacle is definitely there. There's a lot to this team. And they definitely – we need to see them wrestle as the pinnacle but individually. We need to see Sean Spears of the Pinnacle wrestle. We need to see MJF of the Pinnacle wrestle. We need to see uh, Cash and Dax wrestle as the Pinnacle. You know? Like, it's cool that they're a faction, but now it's like, okay. Besides you guys being a team, let's put you guys separately against other people. Right. Inner Circle, we've seen plenty of that, obviously. I think the Inner Circle wins this. Again, right. they have the experience. I don't think it's time to bring up the Inner Circle yet. Um, this, this pushes the pinnacle to be like, okay, we have blood and guts. We have stadium stampede. We're tied one and one. I think the pinnacle gets over at the end of this feud. I would argue they get over at the end of this feud, but I couldn't even imagine what you'd have to do if they lose stadium stampede and they go one and one. Now you're one and one. Somebody has got to go over. You've already done blood and guts. You've already done stadium stampede. What do you do now? Yeah. That's my argument. Inner circle okay. wins. That is that is a very good argument. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't be so well, Sam. I think this is the third. The first one being when the pinnacle was born. They obliterated the inner circle, and then the inner circle had their moment to get back at them. That, I would say, would be your first fight. It wasn't an official match, but it was their first fight, and they kind of split it down the middle. Then you had Blood and Guts, which would be match number two, or fight number two in my in my eyes. Pinnacle goes over. At this point, Jericho's elbow is pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. And he's about to go back on tour. Fozzie's back. Oh, I didn't even realize that. That oh. might just be, he might just split like he has been before. He'll disappear for a few weeks, go on tour, do some tours, come back, and, and, and you know, be back. I think at this point, the Pinnacle's at a tipping point already. Because you can't really have two dominating factions right now. 
trading blows back and forth. We need time for the pinnacle to shine completely. And I think they'll find a way. And I know that it's going to involve MJF and it's going to involve Jericho. No offense to the other guys. They'll have great moments during this match, but you know it's going to come down to Jericho and MJF. And I think MJF is going to find a way to put Jericho down and and effectively kill the inner circle. Now, we talked about we we don't know where this match is going to be. If this match is live, it's going to end the show. And having Jericho eat the pin, putting MJF and the rest of the pinnacle over completely is one hell of a way to end the show. Because I think Inner Circle's done everything they could possibly do already since they were born. And they've had a fantastic run. But I want to see what Sammy does on his own. I want to see um, Pride and Powerful. I want to see, I want to call them LAX, because that's really what they are. I want to see them do some ridiculous things. And even part of me wants to see what Hager does. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my argument. But for me, this is, I think, like a 52-48%. Like, it's also razor thin. But I just I just have that feeling that we are not going to have the inner circle anymore. Because why have a celebration, you know, on, on Dynamite if you're not going to go through with it? Yeah. For me, it kind of doesn't make any sense. Well, it could also give you some false sense of like, oh, no, this is this is it. This is the end and whatnot. I agree. I agree. But I still part of me. I really haven't seen that happen a lot. But when it does, when they do like the remembering the old times, something happens. Somebody turns. I can also throw that in there. What happens if somebody turns? Sammy talks about how. When I left, none, you know, having the four of you was a horrible thing. What if now he has six men behind him with the pinnacle? Mm-hmm. That's no, no, that's a fair argument. And I would even go with kind of going off of the whole Brian Cage kind of thing. Um, where I said Brian Cage, you know, part of Team Taz, he was the present. He's gotten his own name, his own notoriety. He doesn't need Team Taz anymore. Jericho, the, I mean, obviously people knew who Jake Hager was, you know. Sammy Callahan was the youngest of that whole crew. You know, he, he was the less lesser known. People kind of knew Santana and Ortiz from Impact, if you watched Impact. But this brought him to a scale where it's like, oh, if you, you, you know, they're not like the, oh, do you watch Impact? What's Impact? Yeah, no. You know, where you can see them on TV. It's like, oh, that's Santana and Ortiz. You know who they are. You see their toys on the store. You know, I can I can see the argument where it's like, okay. They had their chance with one of the biggest stars in wrestling. He helped them get their names over, and now it's time for them to go solo. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Guevara is going to be a future megastar. We said that. I think the three people I looked at when AEW started, Sammy Guevara, MJF, and I even said Jungle Boy. Yeah. Those were three where I'm just like, we want to talk about – Future, the future faces of this company is going to be three of them are going to help cement that. Because yeah. again, a lot of these older guys, 
or a lot of these other guys are older. You know, people don't realize how much older they are. Even Kenny. Kenny is, uh, what, 34, 35? Mid-30s? Yeah. yeah. You He's know, right now at his peak. Mm-hmm. Same so, with Cody. Exactly. Same with Miro. Even, same with Lance. even Cody has said he doesn't want to wrestle for that much longer. So mm-hmm. he's going to go full EVP and no longer be on television. Even Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy's 37 years old. Wow, I did not know he was that old. So when you talk about you really yeah. got to build the foundation of the next generation. You know, Sammy, MJF. And I, I'll, I'll throw Jungle Boy's name out there because he's actually pretty young. Jungle Boy. Um, private party, another one. Yep. I, I love what they're doing with Matt. Like the whole Matt um what, what Matt? Is it? Matt Hardy office? Oh no. Big Hardy Matt. Hardy family office, I believe yep. is their their actual faction name. No, he's um again, it blows my mind how I remember growing up, it was the Hardy Boys, and then when it wasn't the Hardy Boys, it was Jeff. Oh yeah, Matt's on TV, but it was kinda like Matt's there. Over time, you realize how much of a brain Matt Hardy is. Not that Jeff isn't. Jeff has some – he's he's more of the in-ring guy. Not that Matt's not. They both have their strengths. Right. Matt is great in the ring. Jeff is amazing in the ring. The ideas of Jeff Hardy, it's kind of like he has some good ideas, but some of them definitely are like, uh, you know, they don't come through. Broken Matt. How much more do we need to say? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's a wrestling genius. He's a he is a brain. And again, I think as you see him step back, you know, become a manager, not wrestle as often, you're going to see him. He's going to be one of the guys that helps, you know, cement the idea of the AEW office. Because I don't know how it works now. You know, they have all these other people working together. But again, some of these WWE guys, Paul White, even Billy Gunn. You know, a lot of them, they do talk to the WWE guys. They are friends. So I can see them also becoming, you know, they're going to help shape this idea of the AEW has a, does have a headquarter office that runs in, you know, a business, not just a wrestling company anymore. At some point it will become a business. <sighs> Logistics aside, Scott, here we are. Double or nothing three, 2021. The crowds are back. We have one of the best wrestling cards I think I've seen in a while. Yeah. The hype is real. Can't wait to watch this. <laughs> Me neither. And when we talk about – we can have this argument back and forth. I would say when you look at what is considered the WrestleMania for AEW, I would even argue at this point double or nothing. Yeah. You know, as I much agree. as All Out is the extension of All In – and All In was incredible. Double or Nothing was their flagship pay-per-view. The Double or Nothing cards are usually the best cards they have. Yeah. And this one is no less of an exception. Agreed. Agreed. We will see people show up who you and I are going to lose our minds over. Yeah. You and I are going to fucking ball our eyes out with whatever might happen. You know, those, those moments. Yeah. I do not. I do not even see a revolution-style incident destroying what we're about to see tomorrow night. Because there are no real stipulations besides Stadium Stampede. So, 
Which you is, never know, Sam. <laughs> you never which is know. funny because remember how much people shot on the the, the end of that pay per view. It's like, oh, that's it, that's it, that's it. Da 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 da. We talk about double or nothing, and this it was almost like, yeah, whatever, that happened. But guys, this is this is they bounce back. You're talking pretty, the Tokyo Dome. Well. You're talking Triple Mania. You're talking WrestleMania. You're talking Bound for Glory. You know, <sighs> I'm hyped. I'm super hyped. Scott, I know you're hyped. Absolutely. Oh, my God. There's nothing much more we could say. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you guys watched on YouTube, um, if you did not, you can't find us on YouTube. Just remember, it's Bedlam Media as well as our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter, media underscore Bedlam. Find myself as Sam, the SLB official, Scott as Scotty J stream. Um, for those of you who don't know, just so you know, our extension uh, video game channel, uh, Super Ghost Radio, is now on Twitter. Why did I have to think about that? I was on Instagram. I think this bang is really starting to hit me right now. Uh, we are on all streaming platforms. If you cannot find us on a streaming platform, please let us know. We'll add ourselves on there. On your streaming platform, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Bedlam Media is the podcast of your choice and why they need to listen to us as well. Guys, go home show. Double or nothing. It's here. The hype is real. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.